Hello, everybody. Welcome to another NPC's Weekly News Roundup. It is August 20th, 2022. Hope you all enjoy the summer. Guess what? School's coming back. So we'll go ahead and uh, help bring up some of that depression and make everybody nice and happy by talking about some video game news from this week. First off, we'll be talking, of course, about Embracer Group going absolutely bonkers and buying up just about every company under the sun yet again. We'll, of course, also talk about some of the uh, leaked photos that have come out of the fallout tv show set and i gotta say they are looking pretty sweet and of course we'll also be talking about sega and how sonic was so successful as a movie that they want to bring some of their other games to the silver screen that and more on today's npc's weekly news roundup hello everybody and welcome to another npc's weekly news roundup for the week of november 20th 2020 it is friday it is uh where's my date it's september 18th 2020 here's our first story and this is actually breaking news for all of us right now here too figured this is a kind of a big one to cover of course with who it is joined via discord by kyle because we're in the midst of a pandemic still and of course everything is all kinds of crazy so this thing is a chaka i mean yeah it's a beast it's huge doing a um that we had the resident evil stuff that they were successful with castlevania welcome to another npc's weekly news roundup and it's the news time i am joined of course by kyle via discord kyle hello what's up man and here we are we're live we're up and running welcome everybody again it is time for the weekly news roundup august 20th 2022 thank you so much of course for joining us too go through some of this week's video game news of course i'm travis and via discord right there next to me is kyle kyle what's up oh yeah hi <laughs> oh that's what's it up? everybody thanks i'm, I'm we're just, <laughs> that's it we're done now no that's it thanks everybody no come on no i'm kidding um hiya wow <laughs> i i was not ready for that one so thanks for that <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had to change it up a little bit. I okay, I guess I appreciate that. Anyway, uh, let's let's take that weirdness. Just hop right in, I guess, to the news. Then, Kyle, uh, let's talk about yeah. that here. Like with the biggest story really of this week, and it's the fact that they're just they went nuts with this. Embracer Group bought up a ton of companies. Uh, they bought, uh, uh, God, I mean, the list includes I think like ten, like maybe nine or ten additional studios. The biggest one that they bought was actually they bought um, Middle Earth enterprises so middle earth enterprises has the ip rights to um what is it the list here it's like video games board games uh merchandising theme parks stage productions motion pictures for the lord of the rings universe which means that uh embracer group basically now has the rights to the show that's going to be coming up on amazon here very soon in tandem with that they've also picked up um they picked up let's see here's the full list kyle of everybody they got besides middle earth enterprises they got limited run games tuxedo labs tripwire interactive singtrix uh tatsujin bitwave games and geotech and then there's another company but they have not disclosed exactly which company that is and i had a list here of all the different games that have been made by them so far but i saw a couple like uh man eater super meat boy um Oh, let me just find the list here. Let's see. I had the list up. I think it was from GameSpot is where I had the list. But what do you think about that, though? As I'm looking this up, Kyle, like that they went nuts buying all these companies, like in addition to everything else they did this year. They they just want to own all all of gaming. That That's it. <laughs> Any, anything it was... that's classic gaming, they, they just want to own. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. It's super weird. I, I kind of wonder where they're they're getting 
like a bunch of the funding from because it I don't feel like they've put out all that many games even though that they've been buying tons of games or gaming companies. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's like Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh and you know, maybe they're they're sitting on, you know, a big cash cow that they've been saving up to to try and, you know, launch further into the market and that's why, you know, they they've been making these these large purchases that you know happen every so often it's like oh here we're we're gonna buy three studios we're gonna buy six studios we're gonna buy four studios you know absolutely and it's like they're going it's like if you look at the battle of who's buying what right now it literally has been 10 cent versus embracer group on who can acquire the most companies especially in just this last year when it comes to third party oh most definitely i mean of course Sony and Microsoft seem to be at war with some of the bigger, you know, uh, AAA companies, but those also seem to be a lot of the ones that um, have either published games uh, for the companies that have been, you know, exclusive titles or seem to also be companies that produce your your yearly titles. So I I don't know. This this is yeah, it I don't know. It's a it's a different style of acquisition. And this one especially from Embracer Group, uh, with all of a sudden, you know, they're they're buying an accessory brand and limited run games. I mean, limited run games, that, that had to have been a pretty fair acquisition. I, they they make pretty good money, I would assume, with all the uh, games that they publish as, as physical copies and the fact that they're, they are so limited. And a lot of them get sought after, you know, a year or two down the line. So they, they do hold their value. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, though, that Embracer Group, I mean, Tencent has their hands in a lot of big AAA studios, though, too. But uh, don't forget, Embracer Group also owns Gearbox as well. Yeah. And that's a pretty big deal. Another thing, too, Tencent, um, they buy a lot of portions of companies, whereas it seems like Embracer, they go all in. You know, they're they're just going to purchase the company outright. True. That, that actually, no, you're absolutely right. That seems to be the case where Tencent is kind of just wanting to exert some control here, but not take the full burden of what the company is. And Embracer's like, right. ah, here's a here's a billion dollars. Go ahead. But I found that list, though, and it's actually from Game Informer. So just a couple of the, the games that these companies have put out. Uh, Shantae, Super Meat Boy, River City Girls, Teardown, Killing Floor, Maneater, Chivalry 2, Snow Bros, Flying Shark, and Gimmick. So, wow. yeah, that's a lot of it there. I, I think really, though, the other part is that limited run games is just absolutely crazy, though, too. Um, like you had even said. But what's interesting, though, is like you, exactly that you had made a pretty good point is that like these companies have put out games that people know, but they definitely do fall into that indie market. Um, mm-hmm. What does this really speak to into the like the actual indie market space, though? Like, do you think there's a potential for more? pressure on say like these storefronts where a lot more indie titles are really being pushed at like say like steam for example and seeing embracer kind of put more uh pressure onto steam to say like uh change how cuts are done between valve and the the, the devs in that so that way they're making more money or, or like you know there, there's got to be another motive for this besides just buying the studios and just making money there's got to be something else I mean, in, in some situ- situations, the, the pressure is nice. But, I mean, in other situations, especially with some of the, like, smaller studios that produce these retro titles that, you know, they have limited staff anyway. And the a, a lot of times when Embracer or even, you know, Tencent, they put money into the 
a company, they're they're not really changing a lot with the company other than, you know, hi, you have a new parent company. Um, so I some of the studios, I, I would think it's better for them to have the time and whatnot. And maybe that's what they'll get is the time that they need and the funding that they need. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I would like to hope that taking on so many studios, they don't, they don't overwhelm themselves with, you know, titles that are trying to come out and, and in, in turn, some of the titles that could have been successful fail. Um, but who knows? We, we could also see some really, really good titles that, you know, are, are sequels of games that we haven't seen in like 15 years. And that that's what I would like to see come out of it. Yeah, like I, I yeah, I. I think that might end up being like more of like the, the best case scenario that we could really expect. I'm just hoping that with the concentration of power, or at least control over some of these studios. But again, like Embrace or at least, you know, they've got. Um, what is it? There's some other information here on some of the other stuff they have, like uh, Embrace. So they got Crystal Dynamics, Edis Montreal, uh, Square Enix Montreal. They've got, um, I think it was also I saw here too that they've got um, THQ Nordic, uh, Coke Media slash Deep Silver, Saber Interactive, Gearbox. You know, it's like with all those other hmm. companies in there, not even just on the indie level, is that, you know, I'm hoping that they still allow for that creative freedom. So we'll not necessarily just see some of those classics come out that people might want to see from these well-established studios, but it still does have to be concerned that the concentration of power for some of these titles and being under the guise of just one company, that almost makes me think back to like the days of like more of like the early console wars where it's like, you really are going to be seeing instead of it being an emphasis on, what console a game is going to be on it's more like okay well what company is actually controlling the top level of these other companies making the games and how are they going to handle deal negotiation for getting on different platforms this is true as well um i i think the the biggest benefit i could see maybe out of it is for some of the studios that do have these ips that they've been sitting on for you know console generation or you know even tech generation after tech generation and doing nothing with them, maybe we can get direction to put out more titles, you know, even relating to, to some of these previous titles to, to get some foothold into the ground to maybe revitalize or create new IPs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So here's the hoping, I mean, I, I gotta say, at least as it stands right now, I haven't seen anything that sits out as having been like a noticeable problem yet with what Embracer mm -hmm. Group has already brought in under its own organization so far, but time will always tell. And of course the video game industry is always evolving. So it's just another matter of seeing what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe limited run games won't be so limited run, or maybe we'll get some more really cool collector's packs out of them. I don't know. It, that's the one that still ha has me just kind of like, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. I, 100%. I, I'm excited to you. see what's going to happen there. Yeah, 100% they're with you. But let's carry on here to another part of the news, and that is the Fallout TV show. So we have had some photos and some, uh, well, mostly just photos leak out of the Fallout set. So to the point that the original article that we were referencing here from Kotaku uh, and the pictures that they referenced have been taken down now. 
And of course, the show is being put together by, I believe Amazon is the one that's doing this, isn't it? Yep, uh, Amazon. You know, uh, go figure. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's right there. Yeah, Am Lord of the Rings and then Fallout, of course, too. So, yes, so what's going on is, um, yeah, Amazon is making a Fallout TV show. And of course, they announced it, I believe, this last year. But it looks like things have taken off and are already being worked on, at least to the point now that they could be relatively close to filming very soon. So these pictures were originally put up on uh, not only Twitter, but were also on the Fallout 4 subreddit. And these pictures, again, are from the set. Uh, we should note, though, of course, that these are just mirrored images right now, ones that have been re-downloaded and taken. So these are not from the original source, but these are being shared out by uh, a person on Twitter with the handle TKS Mantis. So let me go ahead and bring those up here so everybody can see some of these. We can kind of dissect them a little bit here. So, of course, what we have learned, at least from this first image here, is that this looks like it's going to be taking place in either, uh, some people are speculating, Vault 32 or Shelter 32. So it looks like, uh, based on the layout of where different vaults actually reside at, this very well could be close to... Um, vegas potentially so i don't know if this might try to tie in with some new vegas type stuff especially given proximity or anything or if they're just gonna go ahead and spin off into a new story but yeah you can see right there in the picture uh the the 32 logo there on that column here on this sound stage but of course as we go through and look around of course everything's in disarray because obviously they're setting up for some sort of vault design that is you know, maybe potentially one that was evacuated out of and just everybody rushed through or there was some type of problem inside. But you look at it and it is very, very eerie to see this like in its form because it's so like one to one with the stuff you'd expect to see in the Fallout games. And like, I know this picture is blown up a little bit here, but you can really see it. It, it almost looks unreal, like something that like the Dolly program would have created, you know, uh, trying to recreate uh, some sort of fallout shelter with, you know, amalgamations of actual shelters and, like, just random household objects. But to think that it's an actual photo, it's just so bizarre. Oh, definitely. It's it's almost like one of those things that you would see Bethesda um, pay to set up as, like, a fallout experience that, like, fans would come out and see, like, say, like, QuakeCon or something, you know? Yeah, and that's a giant set when you look at the uh, view from the uh, what looks like to be there the the shelter's farm or garden. Mm -hmm. um, that is a massive, massive set. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot that takes place in here, well outside of just the stuff that'll take place outside mm -hmm. in the real world. Now, of course, even with that said, here again on this article from Kotaku where they show this off as well is uh, another person here on Twitter going by the handle of Quiet Writer Love driving by an old supermarket here uh, or an old shopping mall here that has been converted. And it turns out, while they were joking about it, thinking that this was just dilapidated market here in their neighborhood, like, I guess, comparing to some other buildings, it turns out that this is actually part of the Fallout TV series set. And you uh -huh. can see some old cars beat up there in the parking lot. There is a truck there kind of behind Kyle's head, a little tough to see there. Obviously, the man lift wouldn't be there, but this is something that's supposed to be set up, and I'm guessing is probably going to be something explored by our protagonist in the television series. So 
very very cool to see a lot of this and again kyle it is it truly is surreal to see how like how all of this is set up right now you know how all of this is put together and just that like i hope they preserve some of this soundstage in some way that they can bring this into like a fallout experience so at any game convention any game meetup they can roll this out on a trailer you know or at least parts of it and it's like do you want to see inside a vault and you go into this and it's just it's blah just right there that's just it's sick yeah no that that would be awesome because man i i can only imagine the man hours just setting up the uh the sound stage for just that vault area in that huge warehouse holy crap uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so they i mean amazon obviously doesn't shy away from when they're putting money towards their shows or anything like that either i mean yeah when they first were starting up their own like in-house content and they went and bought the former top gear uh top gear stars and crew you know jeremy clarkson richard hammond james may brought them in and they did the grand tour you know obviously that was one of those things where it's like money is no object to amazon and i think all of us out there know that so for them to at least really put their money where their mouth is and say they're going to make a fallout show they've at least in set design they've hit the nail on the head Mm -hmm. it's just a matter now of the acting the story the costumes and props as well too and how it fits into the rest of the fallout lore right so uh, as of right now i don't believe there has been a release date for the tv series yet um, of course, if it just entered filming and we're seeing this, the sound stages and that already being kind of leaked out anyway, too, means that it's only a matter of time before we potentially start seeing more details on either when content's going to become available or, hey, maybe we'll get some more leaks out of stuff from the set very soon. In the hopefully. Mean- <laughs> hopefully. In the meantime, of course, we carry on and it's time to talk about some stuff over on Blizzard's side now. And that happens to evolve Diablo 4. So... Last news that we had, we talked about Diablo 4 and uh, some family and friends alpha testing that was going on, saying there was positive reviews, uh, you know, saying everything looked like it was holding up pretty well. Well, now we're at the stage, of course, that uh, Blizzard has to step up and talk about pay to win and their microtransaction system that they're going to have in Diablo 4. Well, it turns out they are not going to be having any sort of pay-to-win mechanics with their microtransaction and season pass within Diablo 4, which means it's a complete step away from what they've been doing with Diablo Immortal. So what they went and talked about, according to the information here from Engadget, uh, the short version of the blog post is that Diablo 4 will be a full-price title with an in-game shop and optional season passes. However, the only way to make your characters more powerful will be by playing the game. And so monetization for this game is going to work. It's going to be four seasons per year. First one's going to kick off after the game's release. Uh, each new season will have additional features, balance changes, quality of life improvements, as well, new, as well as new quests to complete and items to collect. So just like Diablo 2, Diablo 3, um, you'll have to create a new character for each season, of course, too. And then um, additional parts of it, though, is that any purchases that do end up getting made are not going to enhance the uh abilities of your characters however they have said that 
you will be able to actually build up your own like cosmetic um like diversity like bundles so you don't have to purchase like this one large like set of armor or collection of armor and use everything if you want to mix and match you can do that and then you'll basically be paying the same price to get the setup you want and then that armor becomes available to all of your characters um that you create i guess particularly maybe for that season or for that um or for just i guess you know your character as well though too so while it may not necessarily provide any sort of additional enhancements, it'll at least, you know, be something you can carry over between characters and make them look different or act different in some capacity. But that, I mean, that's pretty cool. I expected kind of the other way around. I expected more Diablo immortal type microtransactions in here. Maybe not at the same scale, but definitely more emphasized on it, especially after what we saw with immortal. I mean, though, the, they do they have seasons in Diablo 3 and right. they they change and um you know tailor different classes different ways each season and so there there's tweaking always going on with the Diablo 3 seasons and that's right. you know once you purchase it it's free you get all that season content for free you don't have to purchase a season pass or anything i i i don't know it almost feels like blizzard's trying to tell me that you know you can beat our game in three months so if you're only going to play it once maybe you should buy it on sale (laughs) (laughs) and because you're not going to be able to hold on to your character yeah i yeah well it looks like what's going to happen is that any characters you create will actually go into this place called the eternal realm which means you'll be able to still play with them but to a certain to a certain point though is that where you'll be able to take them so you won't be able to bring them into like the new seasons or anything but that means that if you want to go back and play them you'll be able to do it without any sort of the the added bonuses of the new character in a new season so that i guess that's kind of cool but i I don't know i see it more as a bonus adding i see it as a bonus when they add in dlc that you could go back with that character and kick off with it that's that's where i I see it I feel like though the DLC is going to have to be um, pretty robust. Like they're going to have to be coming out with more DLC, like you know Reaper of Souls, but like every six months ish. <laughs> yeah, I hopefully though that when they're doing these seasons though is that even if they are similar to Diablo three and Diablo uh, Diablo two Resurrected. I hope that what they may end up doing, though, is that they do introduce new content with each season instead of it just being create a new uh, character, do the same stuff over again. Um, You know, here are these additional quests and that I'd like to see it where maybe it's not full DLC, but maybe add in those different like segmented story events or something like that that, you know, are unique to that season, you know, maybe deeper into the lore or even just like um, like different quests like unique quests to that season or or they change up quests per season so you know you may not see this quest too often but all of a sudden it shows up in this one season or whatever yeah i that's would at least help with making it not seem so stagnant at least in that case but it sounds like it sounds like i was reading another article there from another um game news org and what they were talking about was uh, Blizzard has actually dedicated a large set of staff to the actual season uh, side of content creation for Diablo 4. So you have your core, like Diablo 4 team, who are making the game, but then you have dedicated teams that are responsible for the season content. So that way, 
maybe that will meet the case is that we'll actually get things that yeah. are more fresh and more inviting instead of it just being played through. Here's a couple different missions that are different because of this season more and so on. More robust than your standard Call of Duty season. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> One could really, really hope that's the case. But, I mean, it's yeah. Activision. Remember, it's Activision Blizzard, not just yeah. Blizzard now. So we see how things go. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's nice to see at least that the core diablo game is not going to be bogged down by microtransactions just like we talked about previously with diablo immortal where one player spent 100 grand in microtransactions and now can't play anybody in pve or pvp excuse me so at least that's a bonus there i guess maybe you know hey why would we even consider that a bonus why should we consider that a bonus kyle that the game is going to be exactly what we expect it to be and not some sort of money grab yeah i mean I, I, I've said it I, I don't know how many times. I remember back in the day when games had to be complete when they hit the shelf, you know. Mm-hmm. And just all this all all the season pass stuff, all the cosmetics and stuff, it in a way to me, it just feels like ways for companies to nickel and dime you, especially on when you're a PC player anyway, and a lot of people create content for themselves and to share with other people that you could just download for free for a lot of different games. Exactly. If they want to nickel and dime me, do it in merchandise, okay? Don't do it in the yeah. game. Do it in the hoodies that I need to buy or the figures Crap, I yeah, need to I've buy. Yeah, I've got five Overwatch hoodies. So <laughs> See? Yeah, and look, like I know you can't see it here, Kyle, because of the way camera's set up. It's like Hasbro nickel and dimes me by, by doing this, okay? By selling me this. I know you'll see it in the, in the stream anyway, too, but they do this by making me buy Power Rangers toys, and they've upped the price by three dollars. Am I is that yeah. going to make me do anything? No, that's not going to make me change anything. I'm going to buy right. it still, no matter what. Okay, but no, nickel and dime me on the merchandise. Don't do it on the core game, though. Okay, that that's all. That's all I could say. All right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, even mm-hmm. so, even so, um, we'll leave it at that. Diablo four, at least. That's still keep my hopes up. We still have Diablo three to finish. Okay, Kyle, we're very close to having that done. Um, so close, so close. Uh, but you know what, though. As we move into this next story, I roll my eyes at it because this is something we should have seen coming. And at the same time, we really don't need another one of these. Sony may be adding a PlayStation launcher to the PC. So apparently, and this story comes from Video Games Chronicle, um, apparently it's been found in the Spider-Man remastered PC game that there are uh, mentions in the files of some type of PlayStation launcher. I don't have any sort of... uh, Oh, no, here are the names right here. Well, Um, it's a reference to uh, PSN account linked and PSN linking entitlements. Correct. And so not necessarily a launcher. I think the, the whole launcher thing did spread quite quickly from, you know, these being found. But as a basis uh, i i think what we need to look at though is it had the potential and and what they had really worked on trying to do with spider-man is being able to link your psn account onto your steam account right uh for the game in order to get extra skill points for the game and that that was actually something that was referenced in the code uh as being loose code that wasn't tied hmm. um but if you would have linked your account you would have potentially gotten uh, either continuous or at least a one-time uh, skill point boost. Okay, that's partially fair. 
But I do see Sony kind of exerting some of this additional control because they have made such a large push into the PC space in the first place. The fact that yeah. they've put so many of their AAA titles on a PC already so far, granted, when I say so many, I mean, I'm looking more like the current generation of stuff right now. Well, I mean, the fact Days that... Gone, Death Stranding, Spider-Man now, and then... God of War, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. God of War. Yep. Yeah. None of those necessarily have this reference. However, they do have an up-and-coming title that already launched on the PS5 that's supposed to be coming out on Steam at the beginning of uh, next year, I want to say. Which one? Um, Returnal. Ooh, yes, that has been mentioned so, several times, too. I mean, we're that now we're actually leaping into the next generation. I mean, Spider-Man, yes, but this is just the base Spider-Man remastered. Still could be referenced to the... You know, PS4 version. They when they remastered it for five. You, if you got the 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 version that was remastered for four, it had. I'm pretty sure it had the different Peter Parker. Okay. So well, even so, it's. Or no, I guess that was Miles Morales that had the different Peter Parker. So my yes, bad. It, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. It did. Um, I think the bigger thing though to take away is that it wouldn't be a surprise to see Sony do something like this because right now with their main competitor, I mean, PC gaming, of course, is really blown up anyway, but with Microsoft, if you look at them as their main competitor, and of course it being a Windows machine, they kind of have the monopoly on that anyway, but the fact that you can open up the Xbox app on your PC and launch right into Game Pass, as well as the Game Pass cloud mm-hmm. streaming, it would almost be it would almost be silly for them to not do something like this, where they have all of their PlayStation-related content tied into one application so that way you didn't have to go buy the games through steam or get them like if there was some sort of weird partnership with epic games as well uh to have them on the launcher that they would have everything unified into one so that way if you did end up buying them on steam you bring those entitlements in now they're in the playstation launcher but then also playstation now or uh, any of the other new modifications they've done to plus this year are all now in one unified environment well, and I mean, there, there's a lot of things that there, this could be inferenced to, too. I mean, not only could you have a PlayStation launcher potentially in the future, but I mean, Microsoft, when when you log on to Steam and you, you play Halo or Forza, you have to connect to, you still have to connect to Xbox Live through Steam in order to play those games. True. So, I mean, it could be, sony pushing to maybe you have to connect to play the the psn in order to play those playstation games however i i know that um playstation has had ties to steam in the past uh dating back to i want to say it was like early ps3 um they had a partnership so yep if if they do have this partnership what if playstation is trying to be the first company that is steam deck compatible I don't see that as being too far-fetched anyway because Microsoft already has a pretty good handle on, like, the mobile market because of mm-hmm. game streaming and um, and, and that. Any so, of the Microsoft games cannot be played on the Steam Deck because you have to link your Xbox or your Microsoft account. At least to my knowledge, unless you install Windows, you, you aren't able to play Halo or Forza through Steam on your uh, deck. Okay. Oh, interesting. It might be something yeah, that you need to go and just try to see what happens if you try to install like Halo Infinite multiplayer 
um, onto your uh, Steam Deck just to see like what it tries to kick off with. I mean, even if it's not Steam Deck like uh, verified, it should still, I would imagine, allow you to at least download it. But then, of course, the consequences if something goes weird. Yeah. So I I don't know it. There there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, it would be maybe cool if playstation didn't necessarily have a launcher but a platform that you could connect and manage your profile and maybe the stuff for your console and for your you know pc all in one place maybe make some of those download titles that you have give that give you know dual dual entitlement for some past ones or be able to charge for a dual entitlement. I know Sony loves to do that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. They've made that very clear with this current generation of consoles, haven't they? Whereas, yeah, every time I log on to my uh, Microsoft, if I actually check my library, it seems like I have two or three more games that you know I had from console that just all of a sudden appeared, and I've rebought on Steam already because I didn't know they were going to be added. <laughs> <laughs> seems like someone here is winning the race, but... Uh... Right, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know who that could be potentially here. I mean, it's it's not like I'm wearing their shirt or anything, you know, and it says like nice happy <laughs> logo there or anything. But I digress. I I'm not I'm I am kind of an Xbox fanboy, but that's just that's just been me. Like I've owned a place, like I've owned PlayStation games, I've I've owned Playstations, but it's just I don't know Xbox is where it's been at for me. So I I don't know. I like if they, if Sony came out with a launcher, like I I actually like your idea of the the partnerships and what they're trying to push to do because if you want to capitalize on the pc market that's really one way to do it is make yourself more likable by the pc community by making your games accessible on pc and then there's this added bonus with the steam deck compatibility being able to play god of war and horizon zero dawn on the steam deck and take it with given that sony's not doing portable devices anymore by kind of getting into that friendly space and showing, hey, this is what's possible with our games on this type of hardware and it's PC-based hardware, that really does kind of give them some additional leverage that Mm -hmm. Microsoft only has because, uh, you know, it's all based on Windows no matter what. So I do really kind of think that that's probably the case and that's what they're doing. But it doesn't really shock me, though, that they could be coming out with a launcher because not only does it bring them in or bring their players into a single ecosystem where they have to manage everything through one front, but it's another area for them to to mine more data, to incorporate more of their own features, and not to rely on a third party to handle the distribution of their games, which, you know, really Valve is the one doing that through Steam, that they can have everything in one space and keep kind of like semi-control of it that that's yeah, really like I, a sony thing though that's just my take on it yeah and i i mean let's let's face it as far as it goes with sony um when it comes to fluidity with their games they're they're not as far along as microsoft is because microsoft you are able to play you know the same game on pc on xbox and then you know if i'm on an errand sitting outside the dressing room while I'm waiting, you know, for, for people to, to be done or whatever, I, I can still play that same game and it, I'm using the same save file. So, I mean, Sony is kind of a little behind in that, that manner, Absolutely. but if, if they can bridge that gap, 
uh, for the PlayStation account onto the PC, whether it be via launcher, partnership, or maybe even just a side platform uh, that you can control your your profile from. Uh, I think it would be an excellent idea. And if this is foreshadowing, it might be, but I, I think we have to wait until... Uh, until Returnal comes out, and that's when we'll actually see. Because I, I think that that first uh, major PS5 title that was exclusive coming out is going to be a telltale sign. Oh, agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just crazy just to think about that yeah. someone could do stuff like that. But anyway, uh, let's move on here into our last main story of today. And this one, by far, I, I don't know, Kyle, maybe this is making you all giddy being the Sega fanboy you are, though, too. But, but uh. Sega is not content with the money that, are, that they have made so far on uh, Sonic and the movies. Uh, now they want to bring two different titles to the silver screen, and that happens to be Space Channel 5 and Comic Zone. So, Kyle... Being the the Sega fanboy that you are, give us an explainer of what each of these games are and how they could potentially be adapted to, like, movie form. So, I could see maybe Comic Zone, because Comic Zone, the whole premise is you're a comic writer that basically gets sucked into the comic and you have to fight your way out. Um, that that's kind of the loose premise of the game. Um, it it was a really cool concept because you have to, you know, smash through the panels and and transition between panel to panel, and each panel is like a stage almost, or maybe not necessarily a stage, but an area of the the stage as a whole. Um, Space Channel Five, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I I didn't really play that one, I'll be honest. Um, if I remember right, it might have been a rhythm game, but you were a news reporter for uh, a space news channel that, uh, if I recall, there was a lot of dancing. <laughs> yeah, basically save the world from aliens using the one thing that unites all the people on the planet, our love of silly viral dances, which means that the entire thing, because they've done this with like you know those found footage movies, it's going to be just an hour and a half long series of TikTok videos. It's oh going to be, and it's not even going to be like, if you imagine like your phone, you know, sitting like straight up like this, for example, you know, and it's like, it actually is like someone swiping through TikTok like videos and that. So you won't even have like a landscape thing in the movie theater. You're going to have like portrait as someone's scrolling through TikToks of, of what's going on in space channel five. So, oh man, but remember, Remember, though, Kyle, okay, is that they were that uh, I think it was Paramount is that they were able to make Battleship into a movie. Okay, Uh, if unfortunately they were able to they were able to make that into a movie and make Rihanna a star in that movie. I think that it's possible. I think it's probably going to be something that they do. But I have a feeling it's going to be a movie that's going to be like direct to streaming. It's not going to be a movie that will show up like in theaters. I think it'll be like a direct to streaming movie that, you know, Sega fans will have to just go and look for and just watch. Yeah, it, maybe. I. And if that's the case, I'm if, really if that's the case, you baffled. come over here. We'll put it up on the 65 inch TV. We'll watch it here and we'll record the criticisms of it as we watch it. Yeah, I, I, 
yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm still baffled by Space Channel Five. <laughs> like Comic Zone, I could see, especially you know that that's not too far of a stretch after Sonic, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, who never, who, who knows, man? Maybe, uh, maybe they would we'll have see... had an easier time with Fantasy Star, man. <laughs> Just wait till Rock Band and Guitar Hero get their own movies. Oh man, yeah, DDR the movie, right? Yeah, Dance Dance Revolution the movie. God, so many people. God, oh man, the, the intro would be Captain Jack or or Butterfly. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm really dating myself here on this one with video games and that, but that was just yeah. Anyway, um, so I like the idea of Comic Zone potentially becoming a movie because. The whole comic book genre, anyway, with movies is is basically it's it's been the thing for the movie industry now. Going back to, I mean, I guess if you look at like what things have really been with like say the X Men uh, movies that came out in the early two thousands, um, you know, there's that, and then of course all the big push in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and then of course what DC's attempted to do too. But right, this is of course a separate thing that's based on a video game that talks about comic book stuff and i think it actually seems to be a pretty adaptable thing but i guess the question is though is how compared to sonic how popular of a game series was it though back at that point in time compared to anything else that was out that you know it would make you know that it would be something that would actually bring people in is it just going to be the sega name that brings people in to see the movie or is it going to be something I that think so okay like that's I just wasn't and sure. And honestly, I, if anything, I think Space Channel 5 would maybe be more successful in, in Japan. Comic Zone could could be more successful as a uh, localized release for us. Okay. But to the same effect, uh, I I don't think Comic Zone just had the uh, player base that, that they think that they had with it. I, I just don't think as many people I don't thought know it was either. popular. You know, yeah, I oh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Serpent Knight. Here's, I could be wrong. Serpent Knight on chat says, I wonder if they could do a movie of uh, what is that? Chalk in the for uh, the forever man without getting sued by Iron Maiden. Let's see. Was that a let, let me <laughs> let me look this up. Let's see. The forever man. Let's see here. This was a. Yeah, let's see. According to this, it was a Sega Mega Drive Genesis and Game Gear game published by Sega. Uh, 1992 game featured an uncommonly dark premise for the time of its release, which saw the home console market flooded with licensed platformers based on family friendly media. So basically, uh, it's I remember that, yeah. I just had to look closer at it here. So I guess it's based on the I guess it's based on the character from Iron. The what, what was it? Wasn't his name Ed anyway? Eddie, Eddie, that's yeah. it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I don't know. It's maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm. It, would, could we just have interesting? Like, could we just have, uh, you know, potentially, um, you know, Iron Maiden the video game, the movie, then when that comes out. If that's cool. the case, if that's <laughs> <I'm> down. <laughs> if that's the case, instead, scrap that. I want a brutal legend movie. Instead, bring Jack Black in. Bring in Ozzy. Bring in. As long as they kill the RTS <laughs> portion, I'm fine. <laughs> One can I can't imagine an RTS trans uh, translating to the big screen. Oh wait, Warcraft. Uh, well, Warcraft did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Battle 
Battleship, Warcraft. I mean, oh shit, battle. anything's possible at battleship. this point. Battleship really was the uh, the uh, an RTS. Well, oh Jesus Christ! Oh my God! I mean, in in a way, it, it, it's a turn based strategy. <laughs> Civilization, the movie. I don't know. Oh man. Um, anyway, uh, if they go through with it, hey, cool. It's there. It says that they've got people who are working on the writing for it right now. We'll just see what happens with it. The only thing we do know for a fact on the movie front with Sonic is, or with anything Sega wise, that Sonic uh, 3 is being, has been announced already as another movie that's going to be coming out here in 2024. So we got a little bit of time to wait for that one. In the meantime, now we just have to wait to see what's going to happen with Comic Zone and Space Channel 5. With that, though, we move on to the quick part of the news here itself too with the npcs quest markers and kyle that brings you up to the plate due to talk to us about what is going on in the quest markers this week yes sir so in our first quest marker uh for this week multiverse was the best-selling game in july unfortunately unfortunately um, <laughs> yeah with, with actually the uh founders pack uh, costing between forty and a hundred dollars, I believe I heard also a rumor that uh, the full character content pack, or if you bought all of them currently, is something like two hundred and forty dollars. Wow! So I mean, I could see it easily jumping to the top spot, but if you're really that desperate to, you know, defeat Velma with, uh, you know, Tom and Jerry, Tom and Jerry, or <laughs> or or Jake from Adventure Time. Uh, I, I do also know that any pre uh, any pre uh, release mods don't work in the game. So if you have any mods that were previously installed, uh, tough luck, guys. You gotta Aww. you gotta get rid of them. Oh well. So, yeah. And moving on to the next one, Death Stranding is making its way to Game Pass, coming out um actually August twenty third this uh so this week. Um, yeah. You'll be able to uh, strap up your backpack and hold onto those triggers tight. So get ready to, to either buy a new controller or order a trigger pack. <laughs> Hooray. Get the elite one. Yes. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I, I burned through one of those already, too. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. And then for our last bit of news, Blizzard reconfirms Overwatch skins and cosmetics will be available on Overwatch 2. And in fact, if you have Overwatch, I don't know about the console version, uh, what the stipulations are, but on the PC version, there is an option to merge your accounts so you can get all your cosmetics in one spot um, for the finale. Um, of course, the 30th is the last day they will be doing any uh, loot boxes for the game. And unfortunately, all the uh, skins that were, or actually most of the skins that were released for the summer 2021 games are sadly still 3,000 coins to unlock. Oh, so man. So they are still full price from last year. Shame. So be aware of that. Save up those coins. <laughs> and oh, be boy. sure to spend them before the end of the month. That too. Yeah, absolutely. Be aware of that one. But of course, with that, that is it for the NPC's Weekly News Roundup. Again, it is August 20th. And thank you so much, of course, for taking the time out of your schedule on this weekend to join us to go through this week's news. Of course, be sure to follow us here on 
uh, YouTube and subscribe to us. That way you see when we go live, of course, whenever we do decide to put up content. And be sure, of course, to follow along with the main thing that we do, which is the podcast. You can find that podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice or over on our uh, podcast page at anchor.fm slash the dash NPCs dash podcast. You can listen to not only this news stream, but also all of our previous episodes and more over there going back three years worth of content so don't worry there's plenty of stuff to catch up on of course with that thank you so much everybody for tuning in we will catch you all next week laters <laughs>